Welcome to Just Another Podcast, uh, another episode here on, a, well, to recording today, it's a uh, Tuesday, but we'll be out Wednesday. Um, I'm welcoming a good friend of mine, Jay Cochran, who um, is a local tattoo artist, but also uh, is co-owner of the uh, Bangor Comic and Toy Con, as well as just a, a great all-around dude. Welcome, man. Uh, well, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Um, we've uh, now talked to my dad. We've talked to my buddy, Josh uh, Moulton from Queen City Cinema Club. Uh, and Jay is now our third guest, so uh, we just thought I'd get him on here, talk a little bit about how tattooing and uh, touch on some Bangor Comic-Con stuff and what's going on there. Um, but uh, we'll start off with just, you know, saying hi and hanging out for a little bit. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, uh, you've, yeah. Been, you've been at home now in Maine, obviously you live in Maine as well, and you've been at home basically since, what, middle of March? Uh, March 24th okay. was when I officially got done my last day at work, yeah. So it's so, just been at home, hanging out with a dog, hanging out with Miles and your fiance. Yeah. Today's eight weeks. It's like crazy. I can't believe how long it's been. And I'm Jones in. I tattooed myself and I've tattooed Kimberly. That's that's about as far as I've gotten with that, just because I'm like going stir crazy here, you know. <laughs> well, what was it uh, earlier? Uh, my grandmother, uh, my mimare, um, I turned 34 on Friday and she sent me a check in the mail, $25 check. I was like, oh, that's nice of her. You know? well, a $5 check? <laughs> <laughs> I went to sign the check and I was like, I haven't signed my name on anything. <laughs> you know, I guess a credit card receipt, uh, anything right. in, in two months because all of it's been on like online or digital or whatever. Right. And I went to sign my name and I was like, oh crap, they're gonna think this is forged because signature was just like, that's not <laughs> how I sign things anymore. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it's just crazy. Yeah, so people aren't taking the time to really care about stuff like that to have you like worry about signing it. Even uh, when I bought um, when I bought beer, I'm wearing a mask and I I leave it on honestly to see if they'll ask me to take it off and they don't like like it's like you feel weird asking anybody to do it. So just like, uh, yeah, you're good. We, uh, we are talking, obviously, about what we're going to do at Orno Brewing Company for opening. And we talked about how it might be awkward, but we're going to probably do, um, we'll put the credit card terminal out for you to stick your card in if you pay for your beer or your food or whatever. But, whoa, excuse me. But we might actually say that, hey, would you like to leave a tip for your server or bartender? And we'll type it in because really no one's spending over 50 or $60 on a tab. So legally, yeah. we don't have to have them sign for it. So we just might ask right. them, hey, would you like to leave a tip? Don't worry. Yeah. No pressure. No nothing. We'll leave the tip on here and sign it and give you a receipt. But we don't yeah. want them touching the iPad because that's yeah. just one more touch surface. Um, yeah. But we got a letter in the mail from the state alcohol inspectors to be like, make sure you're checking people's IDs. Like, I think for a little bit, for about eight weeks now, they've been like, we don't care. <laughs> now yeah, they're like yeah. getting back to business. They're like, you need to check IDs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure that there was plenty of people that did take advantage and got through in some places for that. But yeah, it's we, weird times. We delivered beer and we're like, let's just, if, as long as someone at the door brings in and, and, and like you give them the beer on the porch and they show your ID and they're 21, there's not much yeah. else you can do. It's not like... Right. I have to be like, oh, everybody in your 21, are they actually your kid or is it just a friend? Or right. I can't, there's not much you can do about it. So it's the same thing if you came into OBC and bought a, you know, four pack, but then went out to the car and gave it to a 16 year old. I can't stop you from giving it to the 16 year old. Right. I can right. only give it to the point where I do my best at my spot and 
Yeah. So luckily with your business, you have to be of age and you have to, you're going to be tattooing that person. So it's not like you're like, yeah, come on and pay for it. And then go home and someone tattoos someone else who's not age of age. Like you have yeah. to. <laughs> yeah. Right. That would be so bizarre. <laughs> like, like checking IDs. But then once they come in, they're just like, <laughs> just stick, put your arm through yeah. a hole. So you don't see who the person is. Yeah, right. That, right. We talked about that before where we need to have like a tattoo glory hole going on. I think people would be down, honestly, like as long as it was their leg or their arm or whatnot. And, you know, obviously they know yes. that they're going to trust the person that's on the other side, uh, that they're going to get the tattoo that, that they want. But um, yeah, I, I think that we could actually do something with that. But where the hell would you do that? Like, exactly. where would you, like where would you ever have an you know, like it wouldn't you couldn't have a drive-through like it would still it have to be, be a drive-through <laughs> it'd have to be like at your shop but you'd have to like build like a like a bubble like you know like oh, Seinfeld the bubble boy or whatever you'd have to have like like where you're I forget his name who's the guy on the front Rob is that his name who's the other tattoo artist there other than Sam oh, you, Rob, Sam yeah. Rob in that spot Rob. almost like that section is the, where the customer comes in like to the front door and yeah. they come in like a plexiglass booth is there that yeah. they stick their arm through, you know, and there's a plastic bag that you roll up or something like that over their arm, <laughs> their arm in there. It's already uncomfortable in some situations to get tattooed. Can you imagine getting tattooed through an armhole that you had to like lean in a certain way? <laughs> That's dedication. <laughs> it would have to be like very specific. It'd be like, you're only getting a tattoo on like this part of your mm -hmm. arm. And it's only staying in this area, and it's got to be very straightforward. It would, it would be like traditional tattoos, basically, or live, laugh, love, or uh, you know, stuff like that. Um, the same tattoo. That's it. You just do the same tattoo. It's a quarantine tattoo. Yeah. Everybody gets the same tattoo on the same part of their arm. That's the deal. It's 50 right. bucks. It takes you an hour to do it, and you're done. Like. <laughs> Next thing you know, I've got religious people banging down my door because we're <laughs> marking people for the apocalypse. Okay? <laughs> we got we to know the ones who went to the tattoo artist in the middle of the quarantine. Like, you got to know, oh, you've got the mat marking on you. But, so Jay and I go back. I mean, we go, you know, back, back to the music scene in the Bangor area and, and so on back, you know, we're okay. roughly the same age. So, um, but we also, like yeah. But we also know each other from Gagans. I mean, that's where we really like restruck up like knowing yeah, each other. Yeah, yeah. It's like when I started moved back to Bangor in 2016, Jay and I, I was a customer for a while again, but then we also worked with each other at Gagans for a little bit before Jay stepped moved on. Honestly, yeah. it was just prior or right just after I moved on. <laughs> Honestly, because I think I came in and started doing more bar backing. And you left to go do tattooing in 2017, which is right around, I started in February 17 at OBC. So it would have been not that long after I left, but it was in 2017 that both of us were like, let's go do our own thing. And, and Jay went to tattooing and I just went to another brewery, but. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you definitely made the best of it because you weren't doing brewery stuff before Gagans, were you? I know I was doing marketing and so I hadn't worked in anything that wasn't a private office since 2006 mm -hmm. like 2006 I worked at Best Buy in Circuit City and in retail yeah. uh, and then I went and worked in an office for seven years in Massachusetts and then for almost a year 
in Brewer at Downey's Toyota. And before I came over and there was an overlap there. I worked full time at the, excuse me, the um, marketing or Downey's Toyota and like nights at Gagan's or doing bottling um, over at the brewery, mm-hmm. working at the tasting room for Gagan's. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think part-time barback and tasting room server to general manager of a brewery is uh, a little bit of an upgrade. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think turn, things have turned out pretty well. Well, that's definitely how I feel about like when people, you know, the old regulars and whatnot from Gagans would ask me, you know, do you miss it? It's like, I miss it because of the good times. There were good times, but I don't, I don't miss like the actual job. It's not like, that's not what like fueled me or made me, you know, feel fulfilled or anything like that. And uh, so it does, it cracks me up the times that I've, I've had a couple of people that there's something about tattooing that <sighs> right now even feeling it more that it's like it's not taken as seriously so i have people that are like yeah you know like i'm glad tattooing's working out for you but you know i bet gangs would take you back if you ever wanted to go back there and i'm just like did i give you the impression that i'm not doing well or something like that i'm failing at what i'm doing like i don't know what it is because then in the same regard it's like those same people don't feel like you do tattooing as like a full-time job. Mm-hmm. So they'll ask for a tattoo and I'll be like, like straight up, this is, I had an experience like this and I wanted to beat my head against the wall. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't work Thursdays and Fridays, but I can book an appointment for you any other day of the week. Perfect. I don't work Thursdays and Fridays. So that would work great for me. And I was like, no, I, I don't work Thursday, Fridays, so I don't work on those days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's great, because I have Thursday and Friday off, so then I'd be able to come in and blow. And I was just like, okay, I don't know what you're missing here. Like, I don't work another job, and then I have Thursday, Friday off, and I tattoo on my days off. <laughs> like, those are my days mm-hmm. off from tattooing. Like, and so, like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. Like, it just was like bouncing off of their forehead. Everything I was saying. <laughs> but and yeah, you believe it or not, my dad dealt with that thing too. Like, when my dad decided to become a pastor. Oh yeah, he, I bet. Yeah, my my grandparents and other people like in the family, like his best friends, he grew up with all along playing music at bars and things, you know, places like that. We're like, yeah, but what are you gonna do for money? <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 I'm, I'm trying to go into this. I don't want to make millions of dollars. I want to go into it because he wanted to go into it and pay his own bills and have let my mom and dad have food on their table and support us right. kids as younger younger people. But like, like still to this day, I think my grandfather's still like, so when is this like, you know, fag, fag going to be over? When are you going to go get a real job? And I'm like, <laughs> with me. I mean, it's like you work at a bartender. Yes. But as a general manager, I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, I, I, I do okay. Like I am able to, you know, I'm getting married this summer. We're able to pay for the wedding and then I have a nice apartment and we have a nice car. It's like, I'm not just this like working 20 hours a week bartender. I'm, I'm, I have a full-time job. This is my career. Right. And, and right. so I can understand the tattoo anything. You're like, Oh, you do that on the side, right? You work full time. And like on your lunch breaks, you try people into the tattoo artist place and do a tattoo. Yep. Yeah, all all the time, man. It's like that. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what it is about the job where people also, it's almost like they feel like you're uh, coin operated or we're all just waiting, like sitting there waiting for somebody to come in and give us something to do. 
is like straight up what it feels like. But I don't know, maybe other jobs deal with it. But I just, I only did retail and I only, and I waited tables for like 10 years. So I only really know that side. And then now tattooing, which is a obviously a completely yeah. world than any of that stuff. Um, so I don't know if like other people in different jobs deal with the same thing as far as, uh, you know, what's the best example? You know, like clearly you're busy, but you call right up. You're like, hey, it not like when are you free? It's hey, I'm free tomorrow. Uh, I'd like to come in, and you're just like, uh, okay, well, I'm not free tomorrow. <laughs> so I mean, it, it wasn't me on 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 obviously schedules have to align for a lot of us because of the fact that you know you're trying to live your life with your fiance and your son and we're trying to live our lives so like days off don't always match but like i know trying to get in with you and trying to get a tattoo it's not as simple as me being like i'm free next thursday it's like it's not a haircut a haircut takes 15 minutes with no prep the, the, my right. barber has to sweep off the, ta the chair really quickly and go to town there's no right prepping the tattoo art, cleaning all the, st like, sterilizing. I mean, now they have to sterilize a little bit more, but, like, right, yeah. sterilizing yeah, the whole area for your bloodborne pathogen stuff and and making sure that the right, you know, I mean, when we did this tattoo, you had to go over and pick colors for five minutes. It's not like, yeah. it's not like you're just available and ready to go and we're, we're sitting down. It's a process. So getting a tattoo is a yeah. three or four hour, for most tattoos, or like for a good size tattoo, is a three or four hour process. Yeah. It has you potentially working the night before at your house on your iPad, making sure that this, this, this sketch is out right so that you can print it at work the next day yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So it's like, it's not as simple as, you know, banging people out. It's you may only do two or three, maybe two tattoos a day. And even when yeah. you're allowed to open, you're likely only going to be able to do one a day. And, yeah, and probably. So it's, it's, it, it's, well, if it you're trying to fit like in. Yeah, 100 clients it's gonna be 100 days it's not it's simple like well the way that i see it is even if we get to open back up on july 1st um my summer's booked because i was already booked for two months with two three tattoos a day before this happened so now if we're gonna have to stagger our schedules and we can only have one maybe two clients in a day that two months of people right there is going to take me so long to, uh, to book. And then like, besides all that, and like, once again, anybody watching this, like, I'm definitely not bitching about being busy, but it's just like, there's not enough hours in the day. <laughs> well, well, you're in yeah. an industry in a, in a, in a art form that is not as simple as a restaurant where we found other places to eat. So like over the past two months, yes, Orner Brewing Company has lost a bunch of business because we haven't been able to be open, but that, that business is not like all those people who weren't here for two months had to wait until July or, you know, whenever we open up sometime in June, hopefully right. to eat. It's mm -hmm. like they fulfilled their duties before that. So like you're, you're not taking the people that you got in two months and shifting them. Mm -hmm. A it probably is the same people. So the two people, two months of people that didn't come are just going to come again. Yeah. But with you, it's like, you haven't been able to, actually tattoo anybody who had an appointment so all those two months of appointments now have to be shifted so yep. if i was talking to you and been like hey man i want to get a tattoo june 1st or say july 1st i am likely going to get shifted to september 1st because the two <laughs> months that you missed yeah. is yeah. you know in that spot and so either that or you work seven days a week and you don't have a life for the entire summer trying to get all these people caught back up most right. of us are like 
whatever, man, do what you need to do. Not that you have any pain in the ass customers because you don't, right? <laughs> but I talked to Gordon, my barber, and I was like, get all those people in first. The people who are hounding at your door to get something done because like, they can't survive without it. Get those right. people in first. Get the people, obviously, that you have needed or have scheduled to mean. Get those people in first. And then those people who are really just being a pain up your ass to get a tattoo now. I want a tattoo now. Yeah. And then I'll talk to you yeah. at some point. I mean you know, when we get a chance or you have a free time or you're like, Hey, Kimberly's busy this day. I wasn't going to work this day, but I'll come in and do something. We'll do that. Yeah. Like that's, that's the, you know, those are the kind of things I'm like, I am not, I wasn't one of the ones online during this quarantine, but like open up hairdresser so I can get a haircut and you know, yeah. so I'm ready. I want, you open. Friday. I want you opening. So you're making money. That's why I want you open. Yeah. I don't care about me getting a yeah. tattoo. As long as you're bringing your revenue stream in for yourself, that's why I want you to open up. It's not because I want you to open up because I need ink on my arm. I just want someone to <laughs> have ink on their arm. Well, and I appreciate it. I mean, because that's like been the hardest thing is sitting here and swallowing that pill where it's like, you know, I understand people want to say essential this, essential that. But to me, essential is feeding my family and paying our bills. And I realize that my job doesn't constitute as that to whoever, but it doesn't change the fact I'm still, we're still three humans that live in this household that need to take care of stuff. And I gotta say, you know, like maybe some people uh, disagree with me. It actually has blown my mind how many people have actually told me that they do not agree with my business opening back up. And I just am, am floored. I'm like absolutely floored by where I'm at right now. Like going, I was like living on top of the world, man, for like two months. Mm -hmm. For the first time in my life, I was ahead of my bills. I had savings. I was just like stressed. You know, I wasn't itchy because I wasn't stressed. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just like, it, it just stopped. It just completely stopped, you know? And like, I try to find the silver linings and a lot of stuff because there are a lot of silver linings in this, at least in my life personally, you know, uh, one, I get to spend the most time I've spent with my son one-on-one pro. I mean, it's probably almost equal to as long as he's been alive. He's two and a half years old and I was working full time that whole time. And now <clears throat> for eight weeks straight, I've been home, you know, we go and do day trips and stuff, but I'm here. I'm the one that's like, you know, I mean, Kimberly works a couple days. She has most, uh, she has like four days off a week. But um, yeah, I mean, like waking up, taking care of them, putting them in bed, all that. And I'll never get that back. So, I mean, for that part, I love that. Um, fitness, I'm actually like the healthiest I've been in three years ever since becoming a dad. Um, I've taken advantage of the quarantine part. And I've actually been working out. Kimberly and I both have been kicking ass on workout routines. Um, doing housework, stuff that I just never had time for to do. We've been busting so many projects out at the house. So, you know, that stuff's great, but then there's like the real world stuff. <laughs> that's well, it's that, that aspect of you saying doing day trips or, or fixing the house up or, or whatever, at some, some point there's no more money replenishing what you're spending the money on to do things. <laughs> right. And the only right. people that I, I somewhat agree with when they say you shouldn't open up is the people who say no one should be open. Like, right. it's like, if you're going to open something, if you're going to open hairdressers because a hairdresser is essential because you need a haircut. I'm sorry. I went this entire quarantine. I did two haircuts during this time with a pair of clippers I had in my thing. They were old. My ex was a hairdresser and she had some leftover ones from her original like kit 
that I just yeah. kept over the years. I was like, this is easy. It wasn't easy to do, but it was like, I did it. And if I didn't want to do a haircut, it's not like I'm going to be, you know, people are going to be ashamed of me or anything like that. It's, it's, you know, it's right. not that hard to, to maintain your own physical appearance by yourself. It's not going to be perfect. I'm not going to get a styled haircut, but I wear a hat most of the time anyway. Um, <laughs> but the idea that I can understand someone saying you shouldn't be open because no one should be open. Okay. Then that's, that's, that's a different story. But if you shouldn't be open because you are not essential, but yet, you know, we won't get political or, or religious on this, but Hobby Lobby can be open. Then that's right. a little bit of a, it's a weird thing. I understand grocery stores and, and Walmarts and Targets because people need to, to live. Um, but yeah, I, I can understand like we are getting this part right now. I just spoke with Abe um, at work earlier this afternoon or this morning. And um, we're in a spot weirdly in the brewing industry is that, you know, there's like 40%, 50% of the restaurants and breweries across the state are restaurants and breweries. Right. You know, your Gagans, your Sebagos, your Masons, your OBCs. Um, but the other part, your your Marsh Island Brewing Company, your you know, uh, your other like the guy across the river, Blank Canvas Brewing Company, Black Bear yeah. Brewing Company, those are just tasting rooms. So they fall fall into the category of bars. Mm-hmm. So legally, we're allowed to open June first at Orno Brewing Company because we're a restaurant. Yeah. But tasting rooms and bars can't open until July first. Yet there are about a good portion, Bissell Brothers, um, Definitive Brewing Company in, in Portland. Those places have massive footprints that can do social yeah. distancing better than some restaurants, you know, breweries yeah. or restaurants that have smaller buildings that can't do as be- good as social distancing. And so there's this disagreement in the brewing industry that, you know, we're allowed to open a month before another place is allowed to open and, and, and they could do the same, you know, restriction and, and duties that we can do. So the Brewers Guild, I think, is working on a case by case basis. Like, how many square feet do you have? And, you know, it's the same thing with you guys. If you had three people in your tattoo studio and you had 10,000 or you had X amount of square feet, but there were six people in a studio that's smaller than yours, they may, they should do different regulations for you guys. Like it shouldn't yeah. be that, you know, Rob and Sam can work or you and Rob can work because you guys are distance away from each other. Or, you know, even if you have to use Sam's station so that two of you guys can work at the same time, as long as your two customers are six feet apart from each other a lot of times. Um, but if you go to a different studio and their 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 stations are all on top of each other, then it's like, well, maybe only two of you guys can work at a time. Sorry. Yeah. There should be more less black and white and more like applying for your job, your your studio to open back up and and not yeah. just like because you're a tattoo artist and tattoo studio, you can't open back up. It's it's kind of I mean, I saw some hug think- each other at the grocery store yesterday. Like these right. two people that yeah. came in separately hugged each other and it's like they're physically touching each other with skin to skin contact. You yeah. at least wear gloves when you're doing it. So you're not even <laughs> touching a person. And right. it's just, it's, I mean, you're not going to look forward to wearing a mask when you're doing it. I mean, I, but you know, it doesn't bother me. I like, I, we started doing that before. Like that's mm. another thing is like getting case to case. And that's why I could talk to my face is blue about it because Sam, Rob and I have been so respectful and uh cautious about this from when it really started to hit before it was like mandated you know because we both have families so of course we were thinking like we got to think about our families and make sure that we're not carrier type things so we started locking the door we started minimalizing um you couldn't bring anybody with you if you were coming to get a tattoo it was just you um we did uh we started wearing masks and things like that and then it all got mandated and so again like that's where it's aggravating because you're like okay 
So before any of this, we're all bloodborne pathogen certified. We all were licensed by the state health inspectors to make sure that we, we act accordingly. We wear gloves in between everything. I change my gloves constantly. We wash our hands. Uh, we spray everything down anyways. And now, now, like you said, okay, we're willing to stagger our, our, uh, our appointments. I already volunteered for nights. I know Rob is a morning guy. Sam tends to come in the afternoon, and I've always been the guy that's there late at night. So we're willing, if they won't let us all three tattoo at the same time, we're willing to take shifts throughout the day. Uh, again, keep the door locked. Um, text the person in their car when they can come in, when we're all set up and ready for them. Each one of our stations, actually, we have set up so we can pull curtains mm -hmm. and things to section off our area. So we already have that under it's a thousand square feet where at any time at most would be six people, but we could make it two people if we really needed to with everything I just explained to you, but we're in phase three mm -hmm. of, of all of it. And, and one of the benefits I feel like we can look forward to silver linings we talked about, because I also had Taylor is in the other room right now working. I work Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, every weekend till 10 or 11, 12 o'clock at night every weekend she has saturdays off so the entire day saturday she's home alone or visiting her family but i'm at work the number of times she's gone to like a family function on a saturday and where's justin oh he's working for the past mm -hmm. eight weeks i've been here i had to go to work in the yep. morning every once in a while but like every single night at 4 30 when she gets clocks out you know maybe 5 30 for me but we're like we're done and we're home and it's been that nice thing but silver linings in this is that for you guys is that hopefully this is not this is it this is not like a new standard for you forever. Like this is one of those things that hopefully at least if you no, can open July 1st, that you're allowed to do business from that point on. And then it will only get better hopefully for you guys. That it's not yeah. like this is new now forever. You can only have one tattoo artist and a tattoo person in the building at the same right. time. And that could just screw up everything. Cause home studios no immediately, everybody mm -hmm. just open up a home studio immediately. Which is going to bring like, people sorry. into your house. <laughs> yeah. Well, like a separate, you know what yeah, I, I know, mean? But like, still. I would for sure. And I know Sam, like we both love each other like brothers, but if it came down to that, I know that that's cause that's like our business plan with each other is like, we plan on always staying together at Forecastle, but we both have said the only way that we would like break apart is if we had like a whole, our own like home mm -hmm. studio type deal. So I know he'd be on board for that. And that, that is what would probably happen. But, I mean, you're right. There's, there's so many things there's positive and there's negative about like what's going on for sure. And things that I'm wondering are going to carry over, you know, curbside has been awesome. Mm -hmm. Are people just going to keep that because it's, it's another added on thing. And to me, it kind of feels like when people start working on Sundays for the first time, like everybody had Sundays off and it was great. But that one guy was like, you know, if I opened up on Sunday, I'd get all the business. Mm -hmm. And then another person's like, damn it, now I got to work on Sundays because he's getting all the business. So I feel like there's going to be things like that where it's mm -hmm. like, well, they offer curbside. Why, why aren't you still offering it? And that's one of the things we, so one of the things we are talking about, obviously we had a meeting this morning talking about we're getting close because we're part of phase two. So we can actually be, you know, or phase, what is it? Phase, yeah, phase two, phase right? Two June, is June, I yeah. believe we can be as a restaurant can be open in the beginning of June, but we're also not saying June 1st is the day. Like we're right. just saying to ourselves, like we can start opening June 1st. So let's figure things out. Are we going to open five days a week? Are we going to open seven days a week? What are we going to do? And part of that is we've never done curbside pickup for food. 
So why would we all of a sudden risk our business model just to all of a sudden just thrust ourselves into it? So part yeah. of it is like other people have been successful at it because they had it at least in some form or fashion ahead of time. They're just doing more and they're better at it now. I mean, like, yeah. you know, I mean, Gagans, we talk about Gagans, they had a struggle. They, they were so busy that they had to shut business down because it was just, they could not do yeah. it correctly. And so it's like some businesses are doing well, it. Because they couldn't like are. close, right? They weren't able to like, at the end of the night, it was just they were like so many everybody. Orders. I went to Oriental Jade. We got Oriental Jade pickup. Um, I think we've done it twice now in the last eight weeks. And I talked to Tim Lowe, and Tim Lowe was like, everybody's ordering five to seven. Everybody. He's getting more orders between five and seven than he has seats in his restaurant. So, I mean, we're both in the restaurant industry, or what you were and I am. Can you imagine, like, when you're working at Gagan's, if the entire restaurant had people food in it? Plus, you know, you yeah. know what it is like on a busy concert night there. It's insane. You're waiting an hour for seating. Exactly. Yeah. That's what the, it was like between for two hours. More people were ordering food and wanting to pick it up at 5.15. So everybody wants to pick food up at 5.15. I mean, there's not enough people in the kitchen. Then you're just, so oh, Gagan's guys were just like, we're fed up. We can't do this anymore. We have to just close up shop and do, you know, whatever. Hopefully yeah. they're opening tomorrow with some more structure i think a limited menu uh you know whatever they're gonna do to do it well but um we went to pompeii for my birthday pompeii pizza downtown on central street um and i we ordered pizza at 4 30 we weren't allowed to pick it up until 5 30. Mm -hmm. it said call when you get here we called 12 times busy 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 because they're too busy taking people's orders yeah. so it, we got our food and it was unbelievable but it was just there is some things that hopefully will will smooth out when you have someone sitting in your restaurant, that takes away a, per a slot for someone to do curbside. So those yeah. people who are healthy aren't a risk to immune risk to getting the uh, disease a little bit or the illness easier. Will go sit at the bar, or sit at the bar, sit at the restaurant and eat, and leave that curbside spot open for the people who want to do curbside. So hopefully it works right. a little smoother. Um, but it sucks for the industries like yours where there's no such thing as curbside. Like it's like you're open or closed. There's no, you know, we've been doing curbside and delivery for beer basically since we did, we took one week off until we figured out what we were doing. Um, yeah. But there was no backup plan for you guys. This is like, no, it's and open I mean, or closed. It, it's not. Yeah. And I mean, just talking about, you know, just, just talk about something that you're completely blindsided by, you know, and it's just like, how do you prepare for that? You know, when they first talked about this coronavirus, Everybody here was like, "Okay, it's in China." Like, yeah. when? Okay, I hope they're. I hope they get through it. <laughs> and then you're like, "Wait, I, I can't work. We're getting shut down because of this." You're just like, "How did that get over here?" <laughs> like, I mean, did, I mean, did you? Just like, Wait, what? <laughs> and from the 16th or 17th, when a lot of restaurants and things closed, to the 24th, did you stop booking new appointments? Like, was there at least a least a week of like? not booking someone for may or april or what day like you did the 24th no. you guys closed like that week prior right. if i called you and said i want an appointment in april would you have booked it or were you just basically saying let's get through the schedule well, that we have now and no see that's the problem is that in march i was already booked uh through may okay so um i typically try to slow down when i'm booked about two months out i typically I don't necessarily close my books, but I kind of just tell people, you know, I'll get back to you when I can. And I try to catch up. Um, and that's pretty much where I was with that. Okay. And then things, there was enough going on that we were talking about it at work and being like, I think this is actually going to start to affect us. And then I was going home and 
Kimberly, I love her to death, but I've snapped at her a couple times because she is so in the know about the numbers and what's happening. And it's one of those things where it's like, I don't, it's not that I don't want to be informed, but there's certain things that when I can't do a single thing about it, I don't want to hear about it or, or I don't want to hear much about it. You know, like I care about the things that I can control, my friends, my family, my health, things like that. You know, I try to help people when I can, but obviously you know what I'm talking about, just world pandemic stuff yeah. that I got no control over. I just want to be told, you know, kind of the rules and when I can work and when I can't and then leave us alone. And she is like right into it. So between her and Sam and the news, you know, we were kind of getting prepared and then we were like, well, maybe we should lower the traffic of people. And we started wearing masks and then we were telling, then we kept the door locked and we put up a sign like appointment only and all that. And then somebody i think it might have been sam or kimberly but somebody had said like i think they're gonna like we're actually getting shut down like you're not gonna be allowed to work and it was so hard for me to accept that i could not wrap my head around actually being told that i could not go to work i've worked since i was 16 years old it's just what i do you know it's what we all do yeah yeah and I couldn't. I kept saying to Sam, I'm like, okay, but if I don't work, I don't make money. You don't want me to work? And he's like, look, I know what you're saying, this and that. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm still going to work. I was like, I'm still going to come in and work. Like, what are they going to do? Shut me down? And he's like, I don't know, man. You know, it's a slippery slope. I just, I hear that they might, if you get caught, you're going to get a fine. You could lose your license. And I'm just like, no, I'm going to work. And it scared me so bad that it was the 24th was when it went into effect officially. And the 23rd that night was when I did my last tattoo. And uh, yeah, I was like, I'm freaking out. If Sam's the one that owns the business and he's not going in, he's telling me that I shouldn't. I also feel like a total dick if I go in like, yeah. and he's being like, dude, I'm not going to work. So I stopped and it was like every day that went by, I was like, I don't, I'm not working. Like I'm supposed to be at work right now. And I keep texting people. I'm like, hey, I'm not, I'm not working, I guess. Like, I'm sorry, we got to postpone your appointment and all that. And anyways, it's just now it's eight weeks today that I haven't worked. And I'm still, we're still trying to figure out. And what sucks too, though, is like you're talking about July 1st. And um, I, I guess I made an ambitious text to Sam because I was like, hey, if we're going to be open, if we are going to have to wait, I'm thinking in my head that we might be able to do it earlier because I'm so yeah. naive. <laughs> He's like, if I was like, if we do have to wait till July 1st, well, maybe we should start, we should get together some kind of uh, meeting and talk about who we're going to schedule, how many people we're going to try to tattoo in a day, like what the regulations are, blah, blah, blah. And that's when he was like, ah, you know, July 1st is a little ambitious. He's like, I want to think that we're going to be able to, but he was like, um, we have to get a letter from the state saying that we can open. And he said, I'm not necessarily sure we'll get that on the first. And he said, they also have to put together their regulations for mm -hmm. our shops specifically or tattoo shops. And what happened with the hair salons, I guess, was that they didn't get that until May 1st. So nobody was prepared. So then it took a while for that. So he's like, I don't know, man. He's like, I have a hard time believing that we're actually going to get to start on the first. We got the restaurant one uh, last week. 
So I think part of it was that they didn't know what the hell was going to happen in April. Like it was like May 1st came. And I think even yeah, salons and like places along those lines were surprised they were allowed to open May 1st. Like Gordon, my barber over at uh, Oak Room messaged me like, okay, let me get you in there. I bought a gift certificate at the beginning of this whole thing. And was like, let me get you in there. And I think he, and then the next day he was like, these regulations are too hard. I can't, I don't have unlimited number of masks and, and coverings and all this crap. And, so he waited uh, until he had the proper thing. But I think now that we're going into it, I feel like you guys might get tattoo stuff sometime at the beginning of June, letting you know what your regulations are going to be because now they're in that process. Now there are people right. in offices going, okay, what's next on the list? Tattoo studios. Let's figure out what we're going to do for tattoo studios. What's next on the list? Okay, bars. But, you know, that kind of thing where it's, I think they're getting and using a template. Like they'll probably use a hair salon's template you know what I mean? As a, as a guy, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. touching people yeah. and you know, it's a little, bit, a little bit easier for you guys. I mean, if someone wanted a neck tattoo, they, yeah, yeah. we it, probably won't do, that's probably going to be part like, of what we talk about. We probably won't do, I have a guy specifically that I had done this Ram tattoo on and we had had his appointment was booked. It would have been like tomorrow, eight weeks ago. And, um, uh, I was like, you know, we have to postpone, but I was thinking about that. I was like, I don't know if I want to tattoo anybody's throat right now or anytime soon. I mean, it has so. to be like arms, legs, whatever it is. But the cool thing, the, the best thing about you and working for a tattoo studio in this time is it's something you're super passionate about. This is not like, you know, some of my bartenders who are coming back to work who just want to like, like some of them are just like, I don't care. I'm making good money on an appointment. I just want to get back to work. It's yep. not, they're just trying to get back to work so they make money and they're doing something. Like, you're passionate about this. Like, this is like, Jay Cocker and the tattoo artist is, you know, you're in your 30s till the time you're 80. This is what you're going to be doing. <laughs> you have another, there's no other plan from this. Like, you know what I mean? There's no other plan for this. There's no, like, this is a stepping stone to the next thing I want to do. This is not, right. I'm going to cut hair through college and a little bit out of there so I can become an actress. This is like, this is Jay Cocker and the tattoo artist. Or you do it on the side and you're running a massive con. I mean, that, that's cool too. But like <laughs> the, the cool thing about it is you're passionate about it. My question, I guess I don't want to do interview style, but what, how did you get passionate in this? How, what, what made you want to become a tattoo artist? Cause it's not for everybody for sure. <laughs> you know, it's actually kind of funny because it feels like, um, I just realized, yeah, we've been shooting the shit for like almost an hour right there. And then it's like, how did you become a tattoo artist? Well, I just think I want to go back on it. Cause I feel like that is something like, you know, it's not, I'm passionate about beer. That's why I'm in the beer industry. I, I, I don't think I would be a restaurant. I wouldn't run Seasons. Seasons isn't like passionate about their beer, nothing against them, but it's like, they've got their Bud Lights and all that stuff on. You know, I'd work right. for a Gagans or, you know, or, or OBC or, or along those lines because they're passionate about the beer. That's why I work for this company. You don't just tattoo art because you, you can. You're not just, you're a right. good artist. So you're like, okay, then I'll tattoo to make some money you don't do that. You, you go into tattooing because you want to physically ink someone's arm. I mean, I know you used to do wood burning um, yeah. and you were excellent at that, but obviously a wood piece of wood is different than <laughs> a piece of well, flesh. Well, the, the wood burning was like in the middle though. It, it is kind of weird because like to, you know, when I first started tattooing to a lot of people, it came out of nowhere. Um, to Sam, uh, it was one of those, like, I think he was very reserved because yeah, I was a waiter and a woodburn artist and then all of a sudden I'm asking him to teach me how to tattoo and it was one of those things where it's like I was asking him really kind of to show me 
more like the correct way to go about it. Like I knew how to tattoo because to like the way beginning is uh, my brother Brock has always done tattoos, but he's never worked in a shop and not going into too much crazy stuff with him, but it was either at like house, uh, I want to say house shows. That's how long I played music. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was either like house parties doing uh, tattoos there or uh, extracurricular besides that. Um, but when I was, I want to say, I must have been like 17. No, I was probably 18. Because I graduated in 03 and I was 17. I turned 18 that July and then I went right into college. And it was at college that I tattooed myself. Uh, I asked him if I could borrow his tattoo machine. And um, he actually, uh, he gave me his tattoo machine. And then I tattooed this on my leg. <laughs> and uh, I was sitting in my dorm room, York, York Hall, at UMO, with a crappy tattoo machine. <laughs> and, uh, you know, didn't know what I was doing. I'm just dipping Super in sterilized, the right? Oh, everything was very sterilized. I mean, now I'm thinking, I was like, I'm pretty sure I was wearing gloves and stuff. <laughs> it was so long ago. I mean, I'm almost 35 now. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I did that. And then I remember I went to eat with my mom at Pizza Hut, did the line work on it. And I was wearing shorts and my leg is all like swollen and fresh tattoo on it. And I'm sitting there eating pizza with my mom, this huge tattoo on my leg. And I'm just like, you know, yeah, I just did this on my leg. And she just like, you know, shakes her head at me and all that. And I, I did like 10 tattoos from the time I was like 17 until 28, I want to say. The last tattoo I did before I took it on is actually trying to do a profession. I tattooed Kimberly here on our kitchen table. Uh, this little um, silhouette kind of outline of a dog and a cat. And oh my God, my nerves and everything. It was <laughs> so bad. And I love her right to death, but sometimes you're just like, stop being so confident in me. Because she's like, you can do it. You can do it. I'm like, no, this is a needle and permanent ink into my it's fiance. Like, you know, yes, my I can do it. I can do it. But if I'm off by a little bit, this is going to be on you now. This is not like it doesn't go yeah. anywhere. It's just yeah, like I have to see this. And you anytime you're just like man i don't really like this you know and she never did but if she was to be like i don't really like this tattoo i'd just be like well you freaking made me do it <laughs> um but yeah so i did that and then so to jump ahead as far as like how it came back full circle with tattooing like i just didn't care to really be a tattoo artist at all it didn't it was fun it was a cool idea and i love that my brother did it but it was never something that I thought I'd do. And Kimberly had said to me, she's like, I feel like you could do this. And I'm just like, yeah, 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 whatever. Like, it's so different being like, I can do this and actually being like, okay, I can do this, you know, yeah. and making it work. Cause there's a lot of steps obviously. And um, like you said, I was doing wood burnings in between there and the better my wood burnings got, I kept having people say that to me. They're like, I feel like if you could do a wood burning like this, that you could do a tattoo. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, the process really isn't, the process other than the, the wood and the skin uh, aren't that much different as far as getting your material that you want to use for your reference, stenciling it out on a piece of wood. So you have a stencil, a line drawing, uh, and then bringing it to life with your actual artistic ability. Um, having uh, a steady hand, I think really helped me because I got really um, used to using my pinky as like a anchor point. 
and because when you're wood burning you know you're burning with a super hot tool and if you're trying to do a nice fancy little a soft line you can't linger because you're just going to singe it and make like a dot and so um yeah i stop it. yeah fedex guy just showed up like i thought um and so uh yeah, I, I think like knowing how to kind of hover over and everything, it really mm -hmm. helped transition over to tattooing. And then um, I was waiting tables, like you know, at Gagan's, and my brother uh, Brock, he got offered um, the spot where I work with Sam at Forecastle. And I actually put in a good word for him because, like I said, he never worked in a shop and he always wanted to, and just nobody would take a chance on him. And Sam was looking for somebody. Sorry, I'm super long winded. It's like a long No, you're good, man. This is awesome. Um, and, uh, he decided to take a chance on Sam and I think what, uh, uh, Sam decided to take a chance on Brock. And I think what ended up happening really is that the, when you actually take it on and uh, it's not just tattooing anymore, it's like anything that you do as a hobby and then you take it on as an actual job. All of a sudden it's so much more involved mm -hmm. and, uh, you're, you know, it almost sucks the, the fun out of it. And um, I think that's what happened to him. It was kind of like knowing that you actually had to uh, set up appointments, build a client base, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. The job over at Forecastle before me, and he basically was like, um, yeah, all the, all the pressure of everything. Um, I think he just wasn't into it, and it's not for everybody. It's really not. Mm. Um, that's that's one thing about this profession is that a lot of people think, oh, cool, make money off just drawing on people. That's awesome. Um, let me tell you right now, anybody that's thinking about it, tattooing, and I don't mean this in like a narcissistic way because I have a long way to go. I'm nowhere near as good as I want to be, but tattooing is almost the easiest part about being a tattoo artist. Um, all the other work that comes in is there's so many steps that come in but anyways let me get back just to finish your wrap up like what happened there but um with brock when he decided he didn't want to do it i was still waiting tables and i was so just like i kept thinking about it i kept thinking about it i kept thinking about it and i was like you know somebody he's gonna get somebody to work there and he kept telling me he's like you know and we were still conversing because he's like you know, I wish that you tattooed, man. I've seen your wood burnings because he's like, I keep either finding tattoo artists that I'm not jiving with or I'm finding people that I really jive with but aren't tattoo artists. <laughs> so I was like, well, I might be the perfect option for you. So I actually messaged him and I asked him out to lunch and to give him the whole spiel of why I was wondering if he would show me. And I said, you know, think of me like an investment. I'm new to it but it's been something I've done. It's been a bug in the back of my ear forever. I know how to do it and I'm a quick learner. If you just show me and really run me through it and everything and let me do my thing and anytime I have a question, I'll ask you. And that's, that's pretty much exactly what happened. He showed me the ropes and then let me do my own thing. And then anytime that I had a question about anything, I'd stop and he'd stop. Sam has always been so amazing about that. He'll stop immediately what he's doing come right over, help me out, you know, walk me through it. There's been times that he's actually, you know, asked the person, his client, hey, do you mind if we take a break? Washed up, come over, gloved up and everything and sat down and showed me, you know, mm -hmm. what I, that little piece that I'm just like, I'm trying to do this, but it's coming out like this. Can you help me? And he'll like unlock that little part in my head there. And uh, it's been an, an awesome uh, 
relationship that we've had. Uh, Sam has become like a brother of mine now, and we work very well together. And uh, it, it's pretty remarkable um, the vibe that we've been able to create uh, in that shop there. And it's funny because, like, like you said about the whole how good he is. I know how good of a tattoo artist in general as he is. First of all, second of all, he's an unbelievably amazing human being. Like, there's only a few people in this world that I would put Sam in the same category as because it's just the way he is as a person, how kind he is. He's a gentle giant. Like this guy, yeah. if anyone, no one knows who <laughs> Sam is. Like, he is a presence in a room. He's not just tall. He's like yeah. he's a big structure and he is like, literally he just to, taking like you and making yeah. you a 6'10 human being it's unbelievable how big he is <laughs> and how much he's imposing because i mean which is kind of funny and this is our third podcast and i've had you on and josh molton on josh molton's tattoo artist is sam and you, you know and you're yeah. you work with sam uh, <laughs> i went to sam or uh, sam and i both went to josh molton's bachelor party together so sam and yeah. i had this other connection too and actually sam's wife is actually going to make our cake for our wedding so like this, this weird small like small world thing but like when we were doing the the thanos glove and you did the texture at the bottom and sam came oh, over when he was done with his tattoo with the client he had or like in the middle the guy was getting up which was a funny story about the guy we didn't know if he was going to pay or not oh, right. <laughs> but um we walked over he's like oh man i love how you do it and then hearing that from sam like, I already know how I, I trust you, you know, explicitly with my tattoos. I, I wouldn't see anybody else because I know I've had two stellar tattoos so far and I'm waiting and I did some sketching on my iPad Pro. So hopefully we'll be able to do the third tattoo um, from that. But like, 2021. <laughs> exactly. 2022 <laughs> now at this point, right? <laughs> but, um, but the idea that Sam can come over, knowing how stellar he is at tattooing, how, how, how um, long he's been doing it, owning his own shop and coming over and going, he could come over and just go, yeah, man, good job, and walk away, which means that it's probably not the best that he wants to see. But if he comes <laughs> over and goes, oh, I love how you did the specific detail in the tattoo, you know he means it. You know he's talking about something that he loved that you did. And yep. it was just, it's really gratifying to know that the, the proprietor of the business and the owner of the business uh, and the lead tattoo artist at Forecastle is the one saying that, you know, mm -hmm. that tattoo looks good on you. So now when I go away, I'm like, yeah, Jay loves this tattoo. You know, he's my tattoo artist, but Sam also who works there loves my tattoo as well. So it's like, <laughs> it's just nice to hear that and see that. And, and you know, one of the, I, I don't, I've never really, I've been into one other tattoo studio, like in person. Um, I've been into piercing studios and stuff like that, but like the vibe you guys got going on at Forecastle too, it's just, it's laid back, but it's also up, up kept. Like, it's not like this trashy place. It's like all the tattooers. I've actually never met Rob because Rob's never there when I've been doing tattoo, getting tattoos. <laughs> um, and so it's just a cool laid back area. It's got a very nice vibe in there. You sit down and Sam's place out back in your place. And um, it's just grown over the years too. Cause I've been there. I got my two tattoos, but they were basically, you know, a year apart. I mean, not a year apart, but like oh, basically much. a year apart. It was a little it was over pretty a year much. Apart. Yeah, and so in that year, even it was like I could see how far you've gone, and I've seen tattoos you've done. Um, the cool thing about Jay here that's and, you know one of the benefits he has about excuse me tattooing is you worked in an industry where you talked to people face to face prior to tattooing yeah. every day, and you had the regulars. Some of them we you know both of us are like could talk off air about how shitty some of these regulars were, but 
at how you know self-centered they were and how much they we owed them something but we won't go into that um <laughs> but just the idea that you know how, how many clients are your clients now that used to get beer from you and food from you at gagan's you know what i mean like i yeah, know now at like least I, like, yeah like now i have like i have 10 fingers here and i can tell you at least probably 10 people that you've tattooed that are connection because you were waiting cables at gagan's and they're like mm -hmm. now i want a tattoo you know, my good friends, Mike and Karen, have gotten multiple tattoos from you now. And oh, yeah. you've had staff at Gagan's you've tattooed. You've had one of the owners, Andy Gagan, you've tattooed. I mean, it's like, oh yeah, it, it's so this connection that you had, I think that there is a benefit to that that Sam probably saw as well, that it might be easier for you. First of all, you're outgoing and you have your music scene background and your waiting background Ooh. that brings in talent. That brings in, you, you're not going to struggle to get customers. That's the point where like, I know some people, you know, Taylor's sister is a cosmetologist and it's like, you know, getting, she's 21, you know, graduating from cosmetology school and then trying to get a seat in a, in a salon and bring your yeah. own clients in. It's not that easy unless you know a lot of people. Yeah. And if right. you can get those people to come in and then those people tell people. Um, yeah. But I think this tattoo and the same thing with like Gordon, my barber, we talk, I talked about a lot on this podcast, but um, when Jake started sitting down at his place, and then now Jordan sits down at his has a, has a, has a spot at, at Oak Room. Yeah. Gordon's so busy that he's able to shuffle people over to the other people too when they call. Like Gordon doesn't take any new clients right now. He's basically saying, yeah. sorry. So if Sam had a long backlog of lists of people he wanted to tattoo, but just just wanted a tattoo, it didn't matter if it came from physically came from Sam. At the beginning, oh, he obviously was able to go, hey, Justin wants time. a tattoo go see JJ has an open slot next week. Or, I mean, does Sam doesn't do walk-in Wednesdays when you guys were doing that, right? It was just you and Rob. Well, or... It ended up being just me. Um, <laughs> what happened was when we first came up with the idea of doing walk-in Wednesdays, Rob was brand new to our shop. Okay. And we were really just trying to get his client base up. And then I was down to do those, but Sam was still booked ahead of us. So he was supposed to finish out like a couple weeks of Wednesdays and then Wednesdays was for walk-in Wednesdays. And then next thing you know, it was like every Wednesday it'd be like, are you tattooing today? And he's like, yeah, but not walk-in Wednesdays. Like I already have a full day with this. And I'm like, and then Rob just got sick of it. Like he just didn't enjoy doing mm -hmm. walk-in. So he cut out of it. So then it just became me. And then it just became like, yeah, technically you can get a walk-in today, but I'm only going to get to see like four people, mm -hmm. you know? So it's not like there could be a line of like 15 people wait because I just run myself into the ground. But um, yeah, no, like Sam got so busy that yes, he was constantly trickling uh, work down to me. But then I got so busy that then he would just give it all to Rob. But then Rob had all his own clients. So now just Forecastle was just filled mm -hmm. to the brim at that point. And then the shutdown happened. And so it basically, because we're all still like, you know, Rob is not new to tattooing by any means, been tattooing 15 years, but because he was so new to the shop, I've been tattooing three years working on my stuff. And Sam is going on like six years now. Um, we were all kind of getting to not a peak, but the shop yeah. was getting real busy. And then this happened. So I think it happened at almost like the worst time for us because we just but then also, if you don't want to do walk-ins now, the one of the benefits you can't do walk-ins likely all summer. You're not going to do walk-ins. Right. A because you won't be able to allow people to walk in. You're gonna need an appointment, and B you already have so many clients to do. So it could yeah. be one of those things that just 
you know, perfect silver lining that it just kind of fades away with this whole thing that walk-in Wednesday. Walk-ins were great though. It really was, man, because I'll tell you the reason why I liked, I did, there were times that I hated it, but the reason why I liked it because it was my one wild card day. Because with this job, the one thing is that everything is on purpose and everything is like mapped out and everybody's got this big idea and blah, 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 blah. Wednesday was that one day that I could just do a couple infinity symbols or I might do one really cool traditional lighthouse on somebody or maybe like a couple on a trip and they've been just got back from Bar Harbor and they leave tomorrow and they were hoping they could both get like a pine cone. You know, like, I do miss that part of it. Like, I, I appreciate Walking Wednesdays for that because you never knew who was coming in. And it's one of those things that, like, if I tell you I want to tattoo in uh, September and we set an appointment and stuff like that, I, I'll put a deposit down. But, like, you don't get that until September. At least Walking Wednesday is, like, the tattoo appointment, the tattoo itself, and the funds going into you, you getting paid <laughs> for it are all, like, it's it's yeah. it's same yeah. as me buying a beer at a, you know what I mean, like, in someone well, it tips. can be a nice payday too, because yeah. you think about like if I did like six one hundred dollar quick tattoos in a day, then mm-hmm. that's a good day, you know. Other than or I'm sitting and focusing solely on something for four or six hours, mm-hmm. which I, there are days that I love doing that yeah. too. But it's it's just so different. So, but that's pretty and cool. Like, I mean, you're I done they- with your day, you're not as um. Uh, emotion not emotionally um mentally drained you know like those nice boom 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 kind of days are nice but the days where you're just locked into something for like six hours at the end of the day i just like stare at the wall and my brain just shuts off and then i'm like oh it's been like 50 minutes i should go home <laughs> <laughs> and you don't live like it's not like you live five minutes down the street either you live at least right. a half an hour away so it's like you're you're not it's not like oh okay time to go home it's like okay now i gotta drive 30 minutes before i go (laughs) (laughs) yeah that took me a long time to remember that actually when i go and like party with my friends yeah and like you you have to think about that you're like oh man all right i'm gonna have to get going oh i gotta drive a half an hour to go home that took a while to remember that (laughs) well we're just because we're looking for you know within the next couple of years we're gonna buy a house and we're looking at like different places and we have friends in Corinth we're like maybe we'll get closer to Corinth they have a pool we'll swim and all that stuff and hang out with them and be out there but then like part of us we talked to my friends Addie and Casey and they're like yeah but then we got like thinking about like after a long day of work you have to now drive that distance every single day and I'm like yeah but like I've driven it so much now that I feel like 30 minutes in Maine is nothing. Like 30 minutes, like it, it, it's not nothing, but it's also not something. It's like, it's just I will tell part you of life. Like a 30 minute drive in Maine, like there's an opportunity right there. Like that's, that's a podcast. That's like a mini series or something because driving as much as it does kind of suck, my drive is about 25 minutes, but it's almost, it's almost the perfect amount of time to give me an unwind drive by myself. Mm-hmm. crank some tunes i get to listen to a good half hour of music think about some stuff in my head zone whatever uh and you kind of almost do autopilot at that point because you've done that drive so many times yeah but i will say that there is uh some benefit to that that nice little uh, time to yourself when you're driving that 25 half hour 
So I live about 20 minutes, 25 minutes away from OBC. So it's the same thing for me. It's just in a different spot. So when I think that you live, you know, I'm not obviously some people will know where you live, but where you live is it's not to me. I'm like, wow, what the hell? But that's because it's, I live on the other side of Bangor. So it's like, to me, it's like me to drive to your house right now would take me like 45, 50 minutes <laughs> to get there, which that's my mind. That's why I think it's so far away. But if you're living, you know, I mean, Fort Castle Tattoo is on State Street in Bangor. So it's not, it's not that far for you to go home if it's only 30 yeah, it's minutes. it's like a 25 minute drive for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, I, we've been trying to keep these around an hour, but I don't mind doing about an hour and 15. If It says on our timer an hour and 18, but I started it well before JB came on. So, um, but I'd love to get into just quickly chatting about BCTC, the Bangor Comic and Toy Con quickly sure. before we yeah. uh, get off. I mean, it was fun talking to tattoos. So I love talking tattoos and I can't wait. I mean, this thing's amazing. I love it still. And um, eventually we'll finish Stan Lee, but. Um, For sure one of my favorite tattoos I've ever done. I, I love it. And, and honestly, after I mean, I've been I've run the Jewels fan for years, but um, the after getting this tattoo done, I have deeply fallen in love with Scotty Young. Like Scotty Young, I mean, Todd McFarlane's been one of my favorite comic book artists of all time. But Scotty Young has got is to the point where now when I'm reading, looking at his stuff, I'm like, realistic looking. Yes, Scott uh, Todd McFarlane could be one of my favorite ones. Like when you look at a person, you're like, okay, that's a person. Yeah. But if you think about artsy and cartoony and stuff, you know, along those lines, like Scotty Young is able to make a, a, a character look so, a caricature of yeah. a person yeah. so well and so smoothly that like his art doesn't even need to be in, uh, colored. It just sure to yeah. paint to me is No, you made me fall in love with Scotty Young. I'd never even heard of him until you showed me that and I fell right in love with it and then sent that email trying to, because I'm still trying to get him up here for you. And I've been talking to his agent and all that. And then to actually even get a compliment from him about it, that he like showed all of his friends at the office the tattoo, that was pretty cool. And then it was pretty cool now. So we'll, we'll, we'll transition into some BCTC because he was talking about maybe at some point, obviously the, fest, the, the Comic-Con was supposed to happen uh, a couple weeks ago in April. Um, and then, Hard to believe, uh, April 24th yeah. through the 26th. I said that Cor so many times the last year. <laughs> Corona happened. It's easy. My dad's birthday is October 2nd. So for me now, remembering when the new Comic-Con is, I can remember now the 2nd through the 4th because it's my dad's birthday is the first Friday yeah. or the first day of it. And um, so obviously this com coming Comic-Con, they have it pretty much you know nailed down on what's going to happen for the most part. Uh, things change in small Comic-Cons. Uh, big yeah. Comic-Cons, things change too, but it's, you know, yeah. small Comic-Cons in Maine, things are very fluid. Um, but, so Scotty Young won't be at this one, but hopefully in the future we can in, try to get him in there. Um, but you guys, so this Bangor Comic-Con is not new, but it's also not super old, but you also haven't owned it the entire lifespan, right? What was the... Right. I don't know much. I know some about Comic-Con, but like, when did it, I start. I moved back in 2016, so I don't know. So I'm trying to think what year now, because it's been, I want to say five years. We'll probably be going on six years because it, 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 we had a break. So there was three Comic-Cons, uh, three comic toy conventions that Chris McMillan uh, ran. He was the one that first started it. He took Will on as his right-hand man. And then I went that first year with Renfro and we were all like giddy just trying to mm -hmm. help out and uh we got our own passes and we were all and uh we were all like so stupid about it it's so funny <laughs> to think about um but they did that so there was three with him and then he ended up stepping down selling it to will we took a year off uh so will took it over 
He tried to get some other people to get in on it with him, but there's a lot of risk. This is a very uh, risky business. Um, and uh, he told me about taking it on, and I don't know, it just seemed perfect. And I was all about it. And uh, I jumped on board with him, and he's been absolutely great about it as far as, you know, me being a partner with him. Um, after the last convention, like, he, like, officially made me, like, a partner. Like, I was a partner before, but after we ran that one and everything uh he wanted to actually like sign some stuff and make it like official um because then I actually was like booking my own clients and there's actually uh celebrity guests that I'm personally responsible for because mm -hmm. I'm the one that signed the contract as opposed to some that Will did um so yeah uh so we did so it was three years took a year off so that's four years uh year five was technically our fourth and then this would have been year six would have been our fifth, but now it's getting pushed to October 2nd. So this is still going to be our fifth comic convention. And we're wondering, or we're hoping, nobody quote me on this, but we're hoping that we're going to be able to do this one and still April to jump back into our normal schedule because April is such a sweet spot for us. That's why we're a little scared about October. We're very optimistic about it, but it's not our, it's like not playing on your home turf, you know, like mm. we're so accustomed. April's after tax season. Uh, people are still here going to college. There's no big, uh, there's no Boston. There's no Rhode Island. There's no Florida, New York. None of those conventions are competing with us. Um, so being in October is a little scary because Rhode Island is November. Uh, Boston's August. Um, and everybody is also being pushed. So we might have a lot of conventions there, but, and the other thing I don't know because we have so many of them because they're so big that they're dropping. Like I was saying to Will, I'm trying to be optimistic too, that we may be a perfect convention for this soft opening kind of world with the fact that we only bring in typically 6,000 people as opposed to Boston that brings 30,000 people. We could be more of like a guinea pig kind of thing. And that's 6,000 people over a span of three days too. So it's not like you're 6,000 right, people right. at one point at one time and it's spread out through I mean, we went this year, um, and when we went, we went early in the morning. I think on a sun on Sunday, and it was like, it was good crowd, but it was I wasn't I didn't feel even at that point. So at the time now in October, it's gonna be feel like people want still some space, and the benefit is you guys moving from the moving to the the, the actual arena floor too. So there's more space there. So it's I'm like even more space actually. Yeah, that's true. Too. And so there's like that aspect is a really cool part of it. But I like the idea of being able to try to keep it in April. So like you just had to postpone it till October. And then keep it in April so that next year's Comic-Con can still happen. And we know every year in April, you know, and I'm even trying to schedule out guests like tentatively where I want to talk to people. And mm. I was looking at April of 2021, like two weeks before Comic-Con, I was like, I got to get Will and Jay on to talk Comic-Con <laughs> and try to promote that. And then I was like, you know, my friends, um, John Cassidy, who runs Last Ditch Racing. I was like, you know, yeah. in July, he has the Wingman Forest Rally. So if I can get him in in July, so I'm trying to plan these things that hopefully some of these people are postponing things, but hopefully they get back into a spot where it makes it like known that comic, I don't want you guys to have to keep on doing it in October. And yeah, you don't no, want to keep don't, on having to move either. it. It's, we don't either. It's, it's not a prime spot for us or anything. So we're going to like, basically the worst case scenario is that we would have to wait another year to make it land back in April. But April is definitely the time that we want it to be, uh, Weather-wise and everything, it just works out so well for us. Um, and, and yeah, it, it is scary because 
the only other events that we've done in October were like Bangor Fest and those were never geared to be big events. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just, yeah, I don't know, but I'm very optimistic because we've still got like all the same vendors for the most part, a couple people can't make the new date, but for the most part, all the guests, all the comic artists, all the vendors, everybody is still on board. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, I guess, I mean, well, I, mean, I don't want to be Debbie down here, but I guess the only thing that really could be a pushback is if, you know, shit's still hitting the fan by then. Right. I mean, that's, yeah. I, I mean, the biggest, see, the biggest thing about it is that like, if there was no, if there was no gamble on like becoming basically bankrupt, then we would just have the event. No problem. Yeah. It'd be like, whatever, if people don't show up, they don't show up. But the fact that there's money involved and the fact that there are guarantees that these guests that we have need to make. So there has to be a number of attendants. Yeah. That's what's scary is we need people there, but you're, we're living in a world where we're minimalizing how many people can be in an event. So it's just like, I, I got um, Kimberly, I surprised her for Mother's Day. I bought these tickets months ago, thankfully before I wasn't allowed to work anymore. Uh, Aerosmith tickets at Fenway in September, September 18th, Fenway. And she's like, are we, it, it like COVID has taken the fun out of everything. Like she's opening up Aerosmith tickets and going, are we still gonna be able to go to this? <laughs> And I'm just like, you have wanted to go see Aerosmith forever. And the COVID sucked the fun right out of that. (laughs) Well, Taylor keeps on talking about our honeymoon. We're still hopefully going on our honeymoon in the middle of August to Arizona. You know, as of right now, there's no real reason why we shouldn't. It seems like we're trending towards the part where we're going to be able to do that. But we don't know. It's, 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 you know, one thing we talked about was we might be able to go back, go out there. But what if Governor Mills says when we return, we need to spend 14 days in quarantine because he left the state? Then I'm like, I can't take three weeks of work off. That's ridiculous. So I, thinking about all those aspects of it. Oh, but, is it ridiculous? You know, three weeks off of work, Justin? <laughs> well, and then like <laughs> when we're open. <laughs> Not like, <laughs> but so, I mean, you got some cool art, some cool people coming. You got what, Jason yeah. Muse, who else is coming? Dude, the Clerks Trio, man. I mean, that was like the biggest thing. That was kind of, one thing that really hit us right in the nuts about that is because we were going to be like the third, I think, convention ever to get Dante and Randall together in the same one. Plus we got Jason Muse. Um, so we still have them on board. They're still coming, but you know, we don't get to have that claim of like the mm-hmm. first ones in New England anymore. But yeah, so Jason Muse, uh, Jeff Anderson is Randall's real name and Brian O'Halloran, Dante. Uh, we've got them coming. Um, we got both Power Rangers, uh, Jason Font and Catherine Sutherland, uh, the red and pink Power Ranger. Um, Judith Hogue has confirmed again, uh, Kevin Eastman, yes. uh, with, uh, Ben Bishop and, uh, Steve Levine, Jim Lawson, uh, Troy Little, all the Turtles guys, they're going to be there. Um, uh, Dana White, uh, not Dana White, Dana, uh, it probably wouldn't be that hard for you guys to get Dana White. Yeah, right. <laughs> You know how close I came to saying Kevin Smith, which would be awful because yeah. so many people want Kevin Smith. But, hey, sell some tickets. Uh, yeah. Uh, Dana, oh, my God, I'm drawing a blank on his last name. I can't believe it. Uh, the voice of Master Shake. Um, Mick Foley and Jonathan Frakes are still in the air right now. Um, and I know I'm missing – what else am I missing? Um, Maybe that's all. Star Trek. 
You guys, isn't there someone from Star Trek? Jonathan Frakes. Yeah, Star okay, Trek. yeah, he said that, yeah. And yeah. Mick Foley. Um, but either way. But the full yeah. list is at Bangor Comic Con, comic and toycon.com, right? I mean, you can go there or the yep. Facebook page or whatever. Yeah, so yeah, if you want to yep. figure that out. Which but, anybody that wants to uh, keep involved with us, we are doing our own web series uh, Wednesdays yeah. and Saturdays. Um, tomorrow night, we're doing like a cosplay one with the people that run the cosplay for our convention. Um, Saturday this week, we're not doing one because Judith Hogue actually is hosting a pizza party virtual, uh, on YouTube that night, uh, May 23rd. So they're going to be watching the movie and she's supposedly got actors and everybody from the movie because this is a 30 year anniversary. That's awesome. And then next Wednesday, May 27th, we have the co-creator of Ninja Turtles, uh, Kevin Eastman, along with Ben Bishop and Troy Little that are going to be joining us. And that is live on our BCTC, uh, Facebook page. And the cool thing about those, uh, you know, Kevin Easton, Ben Bishop, I don't know, um, I know those two are from Maine, but uh, the cool thing is it's like a, this New England, or not Maine, but New England, because uh, Kevin Easton's from uh, New Hampshire, right? Or lives in, or lived in New Hampshire when he, when he created Teenage Mutant. His family's in Maine, he worked in Maine, yeah. he created it in New Hampshire. It, so it's a New England tie, though, which is really cool that yeah. we get to claim that, you know, as Mainers and New Englanders that, you know, oh, one of the Laird greatest cartoons. Game. Yeah, yeah, That's exactly. The yeah. Yep. So the idea that we have that we can, I mean, we obviously have some pretty good artists from Maine anyway. I mean, you know, oh, yeah. Paul Pelletier lives in Maine and there's some people who have worked on some big projects that live in Maine or from Maine, which are pretty yep. cool. But um, I know Ben Bishop, we've been watching some of his like drawing stuff online uh, during this COVID situation. I was just showing Jay earlier. I got aggregate his book here too. And um I got the lost trail. So that's pretty cool. And then you got a uh, Kevin Eastman, who is like world renowned because he created one of the greatest comic book characters. And, and, and um, for some of people, movie characters that has ever walked the earth, <laughs> that it's just oh, awesome to see it. it not going away anytime to soon. Yeah. And the time that you're, you're actually going to be able to speak to him and, and have a conversation and, and have people watch. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if super down most watched uh, streams. I mean, there's no oh, question. And well, I've been on got, twice. It's yeah, been fun. Yeah. <laughs> been a great guest. We've got a, we've got a couple other good guests lined up. We've got um, uh, Cooper Andrews who plays Jerry mm -hmm. on The Walking Dead. Uh, he's planning on coming on an episode, and we're getting him with Moses Mosley, who is one of Michonne's uh, pets uh, from the show. And he was in The Watchman, and he was on uh, Queen of the South, I think. He's been in a couple things. Um, I just got confirmation from Lou Temple. He's going to do one with us. We just haven't picked a date. Uh, Josh, who is the voice of um, Roadhog from um, Overwatch, uh, he's yep. going to do an episode with us. So we've got some good stuff lined up. I know that closer to the convention, the Clerks guys have all agreed to do one, but they said that they prefer to do it closer to the event, so it's more like promoting. Emotional, yeah, yeah, it is. Like, yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's it's pretty remarkable just to even think that we've we've got these people coming on and just talking with them just hanging out <laughs> and you mentioned it, it's very like cathartic for a lot of these people cathartic for a lot of these people who are like myself who like we were camping and i still pulled it up on my phone because it's something I that just connects with it. it's like it's like the way to connect with people in a way that's like it, it seems like also now that you guys have done a few every time i log on there and see the comments it's all of the same people coming on and watching which is kind of cool because it's like okay every wednesday and saturday night i've got my people to talk to hang out yeah. with watch some guests this last week's the video games was unbelievable the best thing is that you can have a group of people who awesome. all like to talk i mean everyone liked to talk and they were all very well versed and it they knew they knew their avenue it was it was a very good one i liked watching that one on, on um, saturday night 
Uh, is it uh, just wrapping it up here, but is, is yeah. this something you're hoping to plan to basically continue doing? Maybe it goes down to once a week as you get closer because the a guest might be less and you have to go back to work at some point. Um, yeah, but yeah. Is, is it the idea to keep it going? Yeah. I'm thinking that it started out as just kind of a fun thing, but it's really kind of grown. I think, I think the hardest thing that we will run into is, is guests, you mm -hmm. know, continuously having something to fill. Uh, that's why like, even when Lou said that he would jump on, Will was like, well, should we do, should we add him in on like the walking and make it like a walking dead one? I'm like, well, I like where your head's at, but we don't have a ton of guests. So, you know, we also, Lou is known for a ton of other stuff from the walking dead. So I'd hate to, you know, over talk somebody or something like that during it. So we're going to try to spread them out. But I mean, I think we'd like to keep it going as long as we can. Uh, we'll just uploaded everything on a YouTube channel and we're going to do the same thing as you, as far as just offering the audio on a podcast type mm -hmm. thing. Cause we did have a couple of people that are way more used to listen to uh, podcasts. So they were like, it's a little easier for me to listen to a podcast than it is to watch a, a video of it. So we, we have those options and, if people want to keep listening to us and, and have us talk to people about different things. And, you know, to me, I personally love it because it's like sitting at the bar with my friends, you know, having a beer and just talking. Mm -hmm. And after that first episode of Michael Kingston, who does, um, uh, Oh my God, <laughs> the buckle. Oh my God. I'm drawing such a blank. Uh, he does comic series, WWE I, headlock. My God. Okay. Uh, headlock he messaged us after it, you know, and this is a guy that hangs out with Ric Flair and Kevin Nash and these guys in his comics and draw Jerry Lawler does the artwork for his comics, you know? Uh, and he messaged us after and said, thank you so much for having me on. You have no idea how much it helped me mentally, you know, during everything that's going on. Anytime you guys want me to come back on, I'd love to come back on, you know? So that right there, we're like, that was it. We were like, okay. So apparently people enjoy this. And like, I totally get it. Like I, I need it at this point talking mm -hmm. with you and, and doing this. It, it gives me an opportunity and it's almost kind of sad at this point because as soon as we press off and I'm just sitting in my room and I'm like, at least you got tomorrow night, right? I mean, well, we're <laughs> recording this on a Tuesday. This will be out Wednesday. So it will be tonight, quote unquote, but like, at least you've got something to look forward to in that aspect. And even if you went down to a day, like a weekly show, and then as you get through the summer, by the time you get to about mid August, end of August, you're going to want to do promotion for the con yeah. like at, right now you're just talking to some people that have been on previous cons getting some people yeah. that are coming but like as you get closer you're gonna do that promotional circuit where it's like mm -hmm. you're getting people to come on and hey you know this is a comic-con that needs to be paid for like you don't have the money to just put on a non-profit comic-con so you need to sell tickets for people that like we talked about a second ago that you need yeah. to sell tickets for people to become like and as you grow it the bigger guests will get i mean obviously the guests that you have now are a lot different than the guests they had six years ago <clears throat> excuse me but they uh so they could be that we're getting someone like the clerks people to come on to expire could boost your ticket sales which would be huge and yeah. that's yeah. so it's going to be this transition that you're going to just chit chatting to the point where you're just basically doing it could be a 15 20 minute show but just enough to get someone out there to talk to someone and see someone live do a question and answer where you literally just get well, questions from yeah people. and well and even like i noticed that um just when we did trivia like when we threw mm -hmm. trivia in there, every question almost opened up another whole avenue of like something to talk about. So I think that, yeah, like you said, we can shorten it even if we do it once a week, but, I, or maybe like I said to Will, is like do what we've got. And then if we need to, it goes down to a lull, we say we're taking a break and then we're going to kick it back up to start promoting. 
and we'll do the same thing. We'll bring on different guests. We'll talk about what's going on. And I think if anything, it's really just going to help our convention now feel way more um, tangible and like something that you're, you're part of, like, you know, we'll do Q and a, you know, for the upcoming event, like we'll do a, an episode just about regulations and stuff for our event. Now, now that things have changed, you know, you got questions, let's address them right there live, you know? So I think there's plenty of opportunity for that. And and think it's a lot of times people need something to just have this outlet, but also keep people in the forefront. Like I think about Comic-Con when I go to Comic-Con and then I think about it again, when you guys announce like the main people months later, yeah. and then I think about it again when I go to buy tickets or whatever, and then I don't think about it again until April comes along. Right, but right now, right. I think about Bangor Comic and Toy Con every week, multiple times a week. So now it's in my mind, like, okay, now I have to, like, I want to watch this thing, and, yeah. and maybe it just grows some fans that have never been, and they take a chance to come um, and support you guys yeah. come October, because that would be huge for... I mean, it's huge for Bangor. There's not much cool stuff anymore. I mean, I mean, there are shows and concerts in the summertime, but like, you know, we place to play in the music industry and, and, and do shows. There's not yeah. much of that anymore, even, even prior to COVID. And so having something like a Comic-Con, which, you know, you always think of San Diego or Boston or New York, but having these small, like rural community-based Comic-Cons are huge. Anybody who's thinking about going to one and wants to go to one, I highly encourage you to go go to one. Honestly, if you just go there and say hi to a few people and sit in the corner and just watch the people, it, there's eclectic number of pe groups of people. There's older people, younger people, kids. I mean, it's just the percentage the percentage of people that go to a convention and end up having a great time is like ninety nine percent. Yeah, you know, like everybody. Like, how many times do you hear people are like, "Man, I'd never been to one of these. This is awesome." It's usually you don't hear people be like, man, I don't understand what all the fuss is about. This is dumb. Yeah, and you, <laughs> you don't, know? and honestly, I won't say don't go to Boston because you've gone to Boston multiple times. Don't I mean, go to San Diego. Don't, don't go to New York. But what I'm saying is that you'll get more out of going to Bangor Comic and Toy Con than you will go to Boston. Jay could tell you some stories. We could be on this for another hour telling you oh, stories yeah. about experience of meeting these amazing people. And there's only a fraction of those amazing people. We were like, this was amazing. When you met Jeff Goldblum, that was really cool experience for you. But like, like you said about Stan Lee, he, they basically shuffled you in there behind them. And Cattle the hurting, picture. man. And yeah. then it's like actually being able to me to communicate. We talked about on the first time I was on the BCTC web stream was I talked about meeting Cooper Andrews. It, it was one of the best experiences I've ever had meeting anybody. And I wouldn't, I don't think I would have gotten that same experience at a massive Comic-Con. And so when you go to these more grassroots Comic-Cons like Jay and Will are trying to put on in Bangor, you get an overall better, better bang for your buck. You're getting the experience. You're getting all that for, it's not that expensive to go to. You're not paying hundreds and hundreds of dollars to go see tens of thousands of people and quickly get, a, get to stand next to a celebrity and move on. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I've been to some Comic-Cons in Massachusetts. There was one um, <clears throat> near my house in, in, in Andover that I got to meet, you know, George Perez, famed Infinity Gauntlet cover artist who I on the wall in my room right here, I have a, have a hand sketched with, with Sharpie signed George oh, Perez one-off that, that he made for me that honestly was one of the best. At the convention? Because, yeah, at the convention. It was 40 bucks. That's he signed awesome. all of my comic books that I brought. So I have another one actually, this right here is signed by George Perez. Yeah. All of my comics, he drew that for me and took a photo for 40 bucks. Wow. You, it, you know, it, it, not those same experiences will, I can't guarantee you that will happen at Bangor, but I mean, if you went to Boston, he probably charges more at Boston than he does at, at, uh, 
of rural con. So you're actually people who live in the greater Bangor area and all of Maine and even up to Canada, you have a better chance of having a better experience coming to a rural con than you are going to one that's like this massive 30,000 person con. Cause there's yeah. just so many moving pieces. Like, I mean, you see you guys, you don't see the creators of Boston comic con walking around. Like right. <laughs> you see you guys actually doing things. Like when I left the con this year, I went to say hi to you guys and I like said, you know, Hey, well, Hey, would you have, see you later. We're going to head out. And, and we took off. So it was really nice to see like, that it's not just you owning a con, sitting back on your big throne, watching the thing happen. You're actually <laughs> doing things and making sure things are moving. So definitely recommend going to con. We'll put all the information on how to get tickets and how to like follow them and the web series in the post for this. Um, we'll also tell you how to follow Jay's forecastle tattoo uh, Instagram. Uh, see some of the work he's done um, as we, and I'll write in the post, I've already had some of it written. Likely you want to get a tattoo from Jay, give him some time after this happens, uh, like contact him maybe in the fall to set up something. Um, but just <laughs> be patient with him and the rest of the guys at forecastle tattoo. Um, I know I'm being patient. I have some work getting ready to be done and I don't want to rush him into it obviously, but um, we've gone along enough. I think, I think we could probably wrap it up now and you can get back to being lonely. And <laughs> sounds good. As soon as I turn, I'm this sure off, Miles. Miles getting ready to get up from a nap, or is he already up? Uh, no, he'll be down for like another hour. He takes like a good three hour nap, like one three hour nap a day. It's like my like his dad my three hours. <laughs> is that like his dad? You take your three hour nap after him, or is it? I used to, man, but we've been ordering so much stuff online because we're so freaking. You know, we don't go to stores anymore. That the UPS guys keep like. <laughs> the FedEx guy just showed, I mean, the UPS just showed up while we were talking too. And I'm just like, Oh my God, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I forget what I ordered. I'm waiting for deodorant. I ordered deodorant. It was supposed to be your Saturday and it, it's lost somewhere. So now I'm like, uh, now I have to like either just man it up or like go up to the store and buy some. I'm like, I don't want to go to the store. <laughs> in, gonna have to go in a store, man. <laughs> but maybe I'll go to IGA and see our also former coworkers, Melinda yes. and, and, uh, uh What's his name? Brandon Kenny, who owns it now. But like, uh, Wait, Melinda's yeah, so. over there now. Yeah, Melinda works over there. She's working like a couple hours a week or something. So, well, I think she's working more now because Gagan's is closed. Yeah. But I think right. she's working like sixty-hour weeks. Like you know how she works. Oh, and nice. uh, oh yeah, yeah, and she's yeah. working over. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. Nice. So yeah, we'll list everything on on Facebook and stuff, or um, or on the post in both the YouTube video and on our website. Um, but you can follow us. We're on. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, now Google Podcasts, and Stitcher, and Podbean, and basically anywhere you can listen to a podcast, you can listen to me speak and ramble on, um, which is pretty cool. So um, thanks for thanks for joining us, Jay, or joining me, Jay. I mean, it's it's been a lot thanks of fun. For having I, you, I, you know, yeah. I love being able to talk things guess, that I'm passionate I mean, about, but also we, the people you're yeah. passionate about. I know that's the thing about these. Like, we could talk for another hour easily about all, all right. that stuff. I ran out of seltzer water. And my throat is starting to dry out because I've talked so much. So I think I need to end this before I start coughing and having a, having a fit on the podcast. That's the timer so, right there. One seltzer yeah, water. Exactly. So at least it wasn't beer this time, right? I thought we were doing a podcast in the afternoon. I should probably at least wait until after the podcast to have a beer. But, <laughs> but thanks for wrong, uh, joining buddy. us, Jay. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Talk to you later, man. Later. Bye.